Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, we're thankful for the Lord today. We're going to finish up this series on possessing the promised and uh, our scripture today, Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. We've been following Joshua's life since he uh, took over leadership of Israel through this series because uh, he was the one leading God's people in to possess the promise. And we know there were things that uh, they were learning and being taught and things that they just had to do if they were going to have the promises. The promises are available, but we've got to possess them. They're not just uh, you know, mercy and grace are poured out on us every day. And those things are uh, to provide us opportunity so we can possess the promises of God. Grace doesn't automatically save you. It's by grace through faith are you saved. Faith without works is dead. And so uh, it's hard to uh, have, if, if your faith is dead, then you can't grab a hold, you can't experience the grace. We need to have faith in God. So uh, Joshua 24, this is his farewell address to Israel. Uh, Joshua is about to leave this world and he is instructing Israel in some things that they must do as they continue now that they are in the promised land. They still have to possess the promised land. He said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or those gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And today we're going to. Uh, Sum it up with this, if we, like Joshua, are going to possess our promise, we must choose to serve God no matter what anyone else does. You and I have an individual choice to make today and every day that we will serve the Lord. So today's lesson we're going to uh, teach and with this thought in mind, drawing the line. This is where we draw the line. Let's lift our hands and pray and pray for the message today. Lord, we love you so much and are thankful for the word and the instruction that we receive. Lord, I pray today that you'll help our hearts and let it be good ground to find roots so that it can grow and change us, transform us. Lord, let us be rooted and grounded in love. Let us be fixed on this salvation, Lord, to made a made-up mind to stand for you, O oh God, and Lord, today we ask you to help us with it. Lord, we choose you today. We choose to serve you. We choose to do your will. Lord, we choose you. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand clap and a praise before you're seated. Aren't you glad that you chose the Lord? Aren't you glad he chose you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. If uh, I tell you, if there's any uh, scripture that we can 
make uh, applicable to us today, it would be these uh, verses of Scripture as Joshua uh, is now getting ready to die. He's, he's led Israel to where they are actually in the promised land. They are in the land that God has promised. And he is reminding them that even in this land, even now that you have stepped into the promise, there are choices to be made. Uh, and once we have received the promise, there are choices to be made. Just because we've received the promise does not mean that everything is just okay and we don't do anything else or we do our own thing until the Lord returns. There's this phrase that Joshua mentions uh, in both these scriptures uh, that your fathers served these other gods, he said, on the other side of the flood. Of course, he is talking about the flood that covered the earth uh, in the days of Noah. And so when I think about that, it reminds me of what Peter said about that flood when he said, in the days of Noah, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure wherein to baptism doth now save us. I know that now that I have uh, come to the other side of the flood, once the waters uh, in Jesus' name covered this earth and washed away the sin, and I come out to be walking in the newness of life, I still have choices that I have to make. I still have to choose whether or not I will serve the Lord or will I go back and serve the gods that were on the other side of the flood. I can't go back. There's got to be a line drawn somewhere. I remember Brother Everhart used to say all the time, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It is time that we make a decision and that we choose this day who we will serve. They were in the promised land. They had the dust of the promised land on their feet. But there was still a decision to be made. He said, you can serve the gods that are on the other side of the flood, or you can serve the gods that your father served in Egypt, or you can serve the gods that are in this land today. It's going to be up to you. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then make a choice. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve the world. What's it going to be? Well, I just figured if we made it into the promised land, that we were home free. There were still battles to be fought. There were still temptations to overcome. There were still trials that they had to get through. Let me tell you, just because we have received the promise in this life, we've been baptized in Jesus' name. We've been through the flood. But once we receive the promise, for the promise is unto you and your children, talking about the Holy Ghost, we still have to make a decision. Choose this day who you will serve. It doesn't seem evil to me to serve the Lord. He called me out of darkness in the marvelous light. He changed me. He saved me. He made me better. I was talking with someone last night, and we were talking about times past. I said, you know, I had reached a point where there was nothing left for me in this life. Nothing made me happy. Nothing was benefiting me. I just was just wasting away in this world. Basically, I was becoming the thing that I never wanted to become. Even though I was in the world, I realized that it, this is pointless. This is useless. I'm, I'm just wasting space right here, right now. But God showed up and let me know I've got something for you. 
But let me tell you, once I repented of those sins and when I was baptized in Jesus name, I still had a choice to make. Uh, because I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost right away. I didn't get filled coming out of the water. It took a little time. But every day I had to wake up and renew the promise, renew my commitment, renew my love for him and my faith in him. I had to get up every day and choose this day to serve the Lord. I could have woke up any day and went right back to what I was doing before. I could have picked it up. But those were the gods on the other side of the flood. There ain't but one God on this side of the flood. Hello. Oh, come on, somebody. There ain't but one God to serve on this side of the flood. His name is Jesus. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Lamb of God that died for your sins. There ain't no other God to serve on this side of the flood for me but Jesus. There ain't no other God. There may be other gods in this land and gods in this world, but let me tell you, they won't profit nothing. They can't see you, they can't hear you, and they can't help you. Serve them if you want to, but it won't profit. But if you want to be blessed, if you really want to possess the promise, then draw a line in the sand and say, I'm never going back across that line. On the other side of that line is the world. On the other side of that line is death and destruction. I'm not going back. I'm going to possess the promise. Uh, it's got to be more than that first time you knelt and prayed. It's got to be when you, your eyes pop open in the morning. Am I going to serve the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, or am I going to go back to the way I used to be? Or am I going to go back to the way that my fathers used to be. You know, a lot of people say I'm, hey, they stuck in tradition. They stuck in, in uh, things that had been passed down. But uh, he was telling Israel, he said, your fathers didn't pass nothing down any good. You need to serve the Lord that has been good to you, that has brought you into this promised land, that has brought you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You need to draw a line today and choose who you will serve. It is a life Long commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. You know, there's a, if I were to ask you today, uh, who, who invented the telephone? Alexander Graham, but that's what you think about when you think about the telephone, isn't it? Of course, now most younger people, they probably don't know that. They probably think Verizon. I don't know. <laughs> but what you may not know and a name that may not be familiar to you is the name of Elisha Gray. Elisha Gray in 1874 rolled up into the sanctuary of Highland Park Presbyterian Church and made history. He strung telegraph wire through the church and had these water-based microphones on either end and proved that you could talk from one point to another through that wire. But he couldn't get anybody to invest in it. He proved it worked. Couldn't get nobody to invest with it. So he kicked it around for two years and then decided, you know what? I'm going to just make this thing happen. And he took off with everything. He goes to the patent office and he's applying for the patent. And they look and see what it is and says, Sorry. Just two hours ago, a man by the name of Alexander Graham Bell filed a patent for the telephone. 
And he's showing them, I've got a prototype, it works. Alexander Bell, he didn't even have a prototype. He didn't even have anything that worked yet. He just had the idea. But they, so he challenged it, but they ruled for Alexander Bell because he got there first. And so he, of course, eventually he has success. And he's the one that you think of when you think of the telephone, Elisha Gray. You know what? Elisha Gray left uh, that promise strung up in the church sanctuary too long. A lot of saints have just left the promise strung up in the sanctuary. There's, there's promises to be had, but they are just leaving them. They're not possessing them they're, because they're waiting around and they're not doing what they ought to be doing. Why did he wait two years? Why didn't he just charge on down there and get the patent on the thing? Why didn't he do that? Maybe he just thought, well, this, this is my idea. It's secure. Nothing will happen. But he missed out. And by two hours, I don't want to miss the promises that God has for me. People have promises, great blessings from the Lord, but they miss out because they don't claim it. It's not enough to know the promise. It's not even enough to just be filled with the promise. You've got to activate the promise. You've got to possess the promise. You've got to live in the promise. We're not just filled with the Spirit. We live in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. It's the Spirit of God that's going to take us out of here one day. It teaches us, comforts us. It helps us in every way. We can't just get it and and, and box it up and wrap it up and put it in a glass container and say, look how pretty the Holy Ghost is that I've got. But you've got to live by that Spirit that God gave you. And Joshua is reminding Israel of all the things that God had done for them. And, and he, he's telling them, uh, look, even though you're here, we've come this far. Yeah, Jericho fell, and, and then we, we bounced back and we defeated Ai. And then Joshua takes them to Shechem, where they went and reaffirmed themselves after that uh, victory at Ai. But you know, Shechem was a special place to Israel because it is the, the place where God promised Abraham to give him the the land of Canaan to his descendants. And Jacob also built an altar in Shechem. And then, uh, so now this place was holy, and they come back to this place so they can, as a people, and when you read it, it's it's amazing how Joshua begins to to tell them the things that they've got to do, and they're all like, yes, we're going to serve the Lord. And they roll this big stone up under a tree and said, this rock, has heard everything that we've said today. You're a witness against yourself that you said you choose the Lord. He said, because this is your choice. We've come this far by faith. That the only way to keep going is by faith. And we've got to draw a line somewhere and say, listen, God has washed me and God has saved me and God has filled me and I cannot go back to the gods that were on the other side of the flood. I cannot go back to the gods that were in Egypt. And I cannot go to the gods that are in this land today. I've got to stick with the one who washed me and cleansed me and saved me. Friends, somebody's got to just stand up and choose Jesus today. Somebody's got to stand up and say, I don't care about peer pressure. I don't care about cultural pressure. I don't care about what the world says about it. I am going to choose the Lord God Almighty today. 
You can call me what you want to, but I'm going to live holy and acceptable unto the Lord. It's my reasonable service. Joshua would remind Israel of the victories and the blessings. And, and friend, we need a place of remembrance. We need to be like the scripture said, call to remembrance the former days. And after that, you were illuminated how you endured a great fight of affliction. Let me tell you, when we first come into this thing, it wasn't nothing could knock us off our feet. But let me tell you, we don't ever outgrow the Holy Ghost. We don't ever outgrow salvation. We don't ever outgrow holiness. We don't never outgrow the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. We don't outgrow the truth. We never get smarter than the truth. We never get a new revelation that's better than truth. And we sure don't ever get old enough to start disobeying the truth. It's time to draw a line and say, choose this day uh, who you will serve. But as for me and my house, hey, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve what profits me. I'm going to serve what blesses me. I'm going to serve what takes care of me. I'm going to serve the one that loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it because of him. He loved me and he gave himself for me. And how in the world could I ever serve anybody else? How could us today, knowing what God has brought us out of, kept his hand on us? Protect, if you woke up this morning, God's already been so good to you. How could you ever turn a blind eye to his mercy and grace? How could you ever not acknowledge the sound of his voice and his spirit calling you into deeper places and, and, and more consecrated walks? Why would you not listen to God? We've come too far to turn back now. We've come too far. We cannot go back. Let me tell you today, people are moving the line. Well, hey, better than that, they're just erasing it. There's no more line between the church and the world. There's no more line between uh, holiness and unholiness. They're calling uh, good evil and evil good. It's, it's, uh, it, it's all mixed up, but it's just like the Bible said it would be. But I guess I came in just in time where I realized that God snatched me out of things that were going to destroy me. I realized that God saved me from alcoholism and, and from drug addiction and, and from jail time or possible death. I realized that God spared me. Well, and when he called me out of darkness, it was a good thing. There wasn't nothing I left behind. There wasn't nothing I buried in that water that I thought I need to hold on to. I don't need a scrapbook of my past so I can look back and say, oh, remember when. Uh, when I remember those times, it don't bring nothing but shame and guilt and remorse. Because I know it was directly against the God. I wasn't trying to be spiteful to God. I wasn't trying to be ugly to God. I didn't know God. I knew he existed, but I had no idea what he was about. But I was living and serving the gods of this world. I was following after other people. I was, you know, I, I found my identity for a while in, in heavy metal and things like that. You know, I tried to dress like them, look like them, talk like them, act like them. And, you know, just thank God that I am not a musician. Really, I love music, but I can't play and I can't sing. And I just, I don't have it. And thank God I can't because if I had had any inkling of musical talent, I would have just left everything and, and somehow got myself 
to California or somewhere, I'd have, I'd have tried my best <laughs> to get into one of those bands out there and get into that scene. I'd probably be in a magazine or on the news one day, found dead in his hotel room with a needle in his arm. That's just the fact, Jack. That's how it works when you get in that world. It's going to take you out. I thank God that he, he kept that. You know, sometimes I think, well, I wish I could sing. Man, that would be so awesome. Or I watch Oscar up here just like, ain't nothing, just ain't nothing. And I'm thinking, you know, if I didn't love my brother, I'd just hate him right now because uh, I wish I could play that guitar like that. But see, he gives that to people that can handle it. I could not handle that because my idea of, of that was standing on a stage with thousands of people screaming at you and then, you know, uh, living that uh, raunchy lifestyle that they lived. That was what I thought was great. I'm, I wouldn't be nowhere else. This is where I love to be, right behind this pulpit where I preached my first, I preached my first message over this pulpit. I heard the first message of apostolic truth across this pulpit. This is where I heard the truth preached to me. This, this, this uh, pulpit right here is a witness against me. If it could talk, it'd say, no, he was there when the truth was preached. It'd say, oh, no, he was there because he preached the truth over it. This, this pulpit is a witness today that I heard the truth, but thank God I didn't hear it and walk away. But I realized that God was on my side, and so I turned to him. I fell down repent, didn't even know what all to do, just started confessing things and, and emptying the garbage is what I call it. I was just getting rid of the stuff and, and I found myself in a baptistry in his name, Go went under that water and came out washed whiter than snow. And let me tell you, I was not there going to go back. I wasn't picking up that dead man's clothes and putting them on. I wasn't going back to the gods of the other side of the flood. But now I was going to walk after the God that was on this side of the flood. I was going to serve the Lord. People's got to stop moving the line, erasing the line. If it was good enough for them 15 years ago, then it should still be good enough today. If it was good enough for them 20 years ago, it should still be good enough for them today. This newfound freedom, it ain't freedom at all. Here, here's the thing, that whether we serve God or not, we, we still have freedom. Freedom to choose. And so they... Say, hey, I'm free because I'm just choosing what I want to do. And they, they are deceiving themselves that they found some new freedom. Honey, you've always been free. Yeah. Choose this day who you'll serve. God's not going to force you. You're always free, but you can free yourself from the promises of God. I don't want that kind of freedom. I want to be like Paul where he said, I am a prisoner of Christ. I'm his prisoner Hey, Lord, lock the door. But you know he don't do that. He won't lock you in and make you stay. But that's the way, that's how Paul, uh, that's how he described himself. Because you might as well just lock the door and throw away the key. And I'm on, I'm on death row with you, Lord, because I'm going all the way to the end. I'm not going to ever go anywhere. I am your prisoner. I'm going to serve the Lord. But the choice was theirs. And Joshua was drawing a line. You're going to choose this day. It's not, we're not going to think about it and meet again tomorrow. He said, today. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. He drew that line in the sand. He said, 
this people that God chose for his inheritance to give them this promised land. You're going to make a decision. Before I shut my eyes in death, you're going to make a decision in front of me. Choose this day who you will serve. We cannot go back. Let me tell you, the writer in Hebrews made a statement to the church, Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. He said, now the just shall live by faith. The just, those that have been justified. That's what he's talking about. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. That's what he's, he's talking about, those people. He said, the just shall live by faith, faith in God. Faith, not just faith in him, but the faith to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He said, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That word uh, pleasure means to approve, as in to approve an act. And so he's saying, when people draw back, when they erase that line, when they start going back to the gods that were on the other side of the flood, when they start going back to the gods of this world or serving the gods in this land, he said, my soul will have no pleasure. I'm not going to approve that. I'm not going to fight them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm going to love them. But I am not going to go, good job. That's the truth. I cannot approve people walking back. I cannot approve. I love them. I'll pray for them. I'll reach for them. I'll still talk to them. I'm not going to cut them off. But I will not say, wow, you are so much better since you left the church. Well, I know it just got heavy in here. Let me tell you, Joshua said, make a decision. Choose this day. And this man is writing to Israel. He's the, the Hebrew church. And he said, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. We've made up our mind, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Paul wrote in Romans 8 and 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You can't go back to Egypt. Hey, let me tell you, Egypt has not changed. There are still chains in Egypt. Hello? Israel's, uh, uh, hey, Egypt is no new, all of a sudden it hasn't become a paradise since you left it. It hasn't become a place of refuge since you left it. There are still chains of bondage in Egypt. They're still there. It's still a slave community. It still wants to suck you dry, use you up, and toss you to the side. It wants to do anything but let you go. Pharaoh would not let them go, and he would not let them go. And then finally when they were gone, he had people come and say, what did we do in letting them go? So they pursued after them. Let's go get them. Let's drag them back. But God stepped in, and he destroyed that stuff with the water. But you know, all Israel would have had to done was march a few days and go around the edge. They could have went right back to Egypt if they wanted to. Egypt is not destroyed. 
But the choice to stay out of there will keep you out of there. Make a choice. I'm not going back into Egypt because chains are still in Egypt. I have not received the spirit of bondage again. In Galatians 4 and 9, he said, But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. He said, I guess you just want to be slaves. Because if you go back to that stuff, you are, don't, don't think you learn to master it. Or, you know, I see people that was older than I am, raised in church, raised in the truth, and, and I watched them go into things that God called me out of. Like they think I've been in church long enough, I can master the world. Hey, I, I used to live there. I know what that world will do to you. And you walking in there and you thinking you got some kind of new authority in this world. You ain't got no authority in that world. Once you walk away from the truth of God, you have lost that authority. And you're at now uh, you're their plaything. And they will sweet talk you and tell you everything. They'll, get, they'll jump on your bandwagon. They'll, they'll do everything they can to encourage you to stay in Egypt. It's just when you get ready to leave that you can't because you realize, hey, I'm chained to something. But when the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. I think I'll stay with Him. I think I'll keep serving Him. I think I'll keep living for Him. I'm not going back into this world. I'm not going back into the, those old ways. I'm not going to pick that stuff up again. In Galatians 5 and 1, Finally, he said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. It, the scripture's plain. When we walk away from the spirit, we are now walking in the flesh. And the flesh has no power over this world. It will, it will mold you into its puppet. It will make you who it wants you to be. But when you have the spirit, you can mortify the deeds of the flesh or destroy the deeds of the flesh or kill the deeds of the flesh. The writer had it right in Hebrews. He said, we're not of those that draw back into perdition. You know what perdition is? That's destruction. The word means destruction. So anybody that says, once I drew back, things got better, that's them rose-colored glasses that the world slips on your face. But if you would take them off, you'd realize that I have destroyed my walk with God. I have destroyed the faith that I once preached. I have destroyed the faith that I once lived. I have destroyed these things. I've, I've transgressed. I have, I have built again the things that were once destroyed through my faith in Christ, and now I am a transgressor. Whew. Can't you preach about... Those little deers licking your knees again, Pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you that there are things to be had in this life with God. And if we, 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 we pull our hair out wondering why sometimes things happen, and I know that some, there's, I talked about the other night, there, there's a purpose for everything that God does, but sometimes we are like Elisha Gray. And we, are, we have simply missed our opportunity because we are playing around 
If I had a prototype of the phone and it worked, why in the world would I sit around for two years trying to figure out what to do? Man, go get that thing, uh, fix it. Go find somebody to back it. Go take it to the patent office and show them that it works. But instead, he just left that invention, that promise of his name being, his name's recorded now. He's the guy to come in second place. Second place is the first loser. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> you the first one said you didn't win. We try to make them feel better and give them a silver medal, but it's still, it ain't gold. <laughs> they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. The one that keeps running. If you took off running in the race and you was in the lead, and you had everybody, you knew, hey, I'm fixed to win. I'm going to set a world record. I'm going to be in the history books. I'm going to be in the record books. You would not turn around and think, but I think I can get there quicker if I go this way. If I slow down, I won't be as tired when I get across the finish line. You know what you, you are all out until you cross that finish line. You ain't stopping by to smell the flowers. You ain't getting distracted waving it. You ever seen those uh, uh, videos about some people celebrating too early? There's that one guy, he's running, and he's 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 good, pretty good length ahead, and he's, he's getting the crowd. Come on, cheer me on, cheer me on. All of a sudden, this guy goes, Phew. And the look on his face as he realizes that guy just passed him at the line, knowing that, why did I slack up? Why didn't I just celebrate afterwards? Too many people have quit this race. They've quit paying attention to the finish line. They, they've gotten out of their lane. They're not running like they ought to be running. They, they're not running with passion. They're not running with faith. They're not running with that fervor. And, and they're, they're distracted by so many things. And let me tell you, they're going to lose this race if they don't get back to God and they don't get to choose their terms. It's not a package plan. I'll take this package, the one that says I can do what I want to do and still go to heaven. That's the one they want. But it's going to be you're going to serve the Lord like the Lord said you're going to serve him. You're going to keep his commandments. If you profess love for the Lord, then you keep his commandments. You live for him. You draw a line and say, this is where I don't cross. One place it said, if sinners entice ye, consent not. Don't go with them. There will always be somebody to comfort you when you walk away and tell you you made the right choice. Don't listen to them. Keep serving God Keep serving the Lord like we ought to serve him. Because I'm telling you, there are promises for us to have. But, but God is not going to just say, hey, guess what? You know, I feel sorry for y'all guys, so I'm just going to give them to you anyway. The Lord, he doesn't make it hard for us to serve him. It's not the church that puts pressure on people. It's the world that puts pressure on people. The Lord said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. It's not hard to live for God. You make a choice. You make choices every day. Am I going to call in sick or am I going to go to work? Am I going to go to school or not go to school? Am I going to go to class or not go to class? It's your choice. Especially in college, them teachers ain't making you go. They don't care if you show up. If you don't, hey, so what? There'll be somebody else sitting in your seat next semester. Oh, whatever. They don't care. You choose what clothes you put on today. 
You make a decision what you're going to do and how you're going to live and are you going to live for God? Am I going to choose the things that are pleasing to God today? Am I going to do what God wants me to do? It's a choice. And, man, there's nothing greater than that. What a privilege it is that we can choose. He chose us. We are a chosen generation. He chose us Gentiles. You know, Israel was God's chosen people, but then he grafted us in, chose us and grafted us in, allowed us to granted repentance unto us so that we could uh, be washed in his name and filled with his spirit. I am not turning around now. I am not crossing and I'm not going to erase the line that was drawn when I decided I would follow him. We have got to follow through once we are in the promised land. He that endureth unto the end the same shall be saved. And we must pursue the promise through obedience regardless of what anybody else does. I have had people dear, very dear and close to my heart that have walked away from God. I'm not going with them. thought that was an angel hitting that heart, man. I thought I got an amen from heaven. I was like, look at him. Hey, it happens to all of us. But I can't, people that I have preached with that don't preach no more, don't even go to church no more, I can't go with them. I can't do that. When I see them, I hug them. I kiss them. I love on them. Tell them how much I love them, miss them. Tell them, hey, man, come on and come to church. You can come here. Come on and come here. Trying anything I can to get them back on this side of the line. Get them back into the house of God. Get them back into serving the Lord. Not so I can say, ah, look what we, it's, it's so people can be saved and, and find that, that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Find those things that God has for his people because this life will drain us. And a lot of people are living it, they, well, I'm living it up. Yeah, until the end. It'll be at the end when you realize what this world stole from you. They won't realize it right now. If a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, it says he deceives himself. But one day the blinders will be off. And in that day, it's going to be too late. That's why we serve God now. That's why we preach God now. That's why we stay close to him now. We are trying to make it to heaven and take people with us. That's why the scripture, that's why we warn people and we tell people, the, the apostles, they said, Man, we, we, we tell them the goodness and the terror of the Lord. We let them know that you know, one day judgment's coming and different things like that. So you don't cross the line. about done here. Honey, you can come to the music. When Joshua gave that last speech, he referred to the Lord 21 times. 21 times, and he used the word serve 15 times. So that you can see what the focus of his message was, serve the Lord. But we're in the promised land, Joshua. Yeah, serve the Lord. 
Well, I've been baptized, Pastor, and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Good, serve the Lord. Why, why waste that? Because you know what? You know what? When you walk away from God, the Holy Ghost ain't going to profit you. If you ain't praying and seeking the Lord and being led of the Spirit, what good's it doing you? I know the Holy Ghost is precious. It can do anything, but it don't force nobody. It leads people. And when people decide to walk their own way, you don't try to drag them back. But once they can find a place of repentance and they begin to come to themselves, that spirit will pop up and say, there you go, that's the right choice. They'll start moving back. But the Holy Ghost won't help you sin. And if the writer in Hebrews through the Spirit of the Lord said, I have no pleasure in that, we surely can't think that the Spirit of God has any pleasure in it, and it's going to approve it. It don't approve it. We either serve God exclusively or not at all. Even Jesus said you can't. He said there's no, there's no third option. You serve God or you don't. There's nothing else. Because the Lord said you cannot serve two masters. You'll love one or hate the other, cling to one, despise the other. We can't say, well, that's a pretty good thought, Jesus, but I can do better than that. There's a third option. There's no third option, or Jesus would have mentioned it. He said, I am the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life. It's him. So choose this day. Let's stand together. We've talked about believing the report of the Lord through this series. We've, and we've talked about all the, you know, keeping ourselves in line with Him. And, and now we're talking about drawing the line. It's a decision, especially younger people. You need to know the world's not going to get easier for you. You need to decide today, I'm sold out to this. I'm going to live my life for the Lord. I'm going to serve God like the scripture says, not like the world says. I'm going to live my life for him. Let's lift our hands and pray together this morning. Make a decision right here in this room today. I choose you, Lord. If you choose the Lord, let those words come across your lips today. If you've been serving God for all your life, let them roll across your lips one more time. I still choose you, Lord. I choose to live my life for you, God. Oh, you've brought us a mighty long way. Lord, you called us out of darkness, called us out of sin. You've protected us and watched over. We could have left this world, but you made sure we had an opportunity to know you. And Lord, today I choose you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to stick with you, God, in this land full of the promise, full of the Holy Ghost. I still choose you. Thank you, God, for saving us. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your name. Thank you for your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. No more chains holding me. No more chains holding me, Lord. I, I'm free in you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty, Lord. I'm, I'm going to live in the Spirit. I'm going to walk by the Spirit, God. I'm going to pray in the Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice and just praise him. Hallelujah. I choose the Lord. I choose the Lord. I choose the Lord. Hallelujah. I choose the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. I sure love you, church. I love you. Thankful for you. And I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord. And I want to see you live your best life serving Jesus. I want to see you blessed and used. I want to see the promises of God unfold in your life. But you listen to your pastor today. It don't just happen on accident. They didn't just stumble over the promise. Oh, wow, look, the promised land. It was a place God had designed. Jesus said, I've gone away to prepare a place. That prepared place is for prepared people. So we need to make sure we're ready to to see the Lord when he comes. Serve the Lord with gladness. God's going to take care of you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Find a place to pray before the next service. It's going to be a great service in Jesus' name.